to head on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. the other way. Look who's running hard after defensively. Wayne Rooney, the net is empty. Big collision by the captain. That is unbelievable effort. Rooney putting one up. Bacosta. Hello and welcome to the Stateside Soccer Show. My name is Jordan. With me, as always, is Logan. How are you today, Logan? Oh, doing well. Um, yeah, exciting time in sports, to be honest. Got postseason baseball right around the corner. You and I were just talking about postseason baseball. Got the, the Dolphins playing really well. The Ravens are playing well. Not so last week. We got, it. we got a good stretch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but good enough. Um, so, yeah, no, it's uh, it's been fun uh, to kind of watch. Uh, a, a good football team, uh, but also my team kind of being relevant again in baseball. So how about you? Everything good? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Uh, Orioles going to hopefully clinch, but we did just lose the great Brooks Robinson. Uh, he passed away today. Um, other than that, we got some good stuff to talk about today here on our soccer-themed show. Um, we're going to be talking maybe some teams that have clinched. Uh, we're going to talk about the Sounders having a new logo. We're going to talk Miami. Of course, we always got to talk Miami and Messi as they play in a cup final again tomorrow against Houston. Uh, so we will be previewing the Open Cup final preview as well as telling you where you can watch that uh, and then, uh, you know, looking ahead at, at what it'll take to clinch. I think there's only three Eastern spots left. So it's it's getting to the nitty gritty here as we get closer and closer. I think we're like a month away from decision day, pretty much. I think it's like late October. So we're getting there. <laughs> we're, we're getting there. It's getting a little scary. It is the year. Uh, it is the anniversary from 2018. Houston Dynamo beating the Philadelphia Union in the Open Cup. Uh, Houston Dynamo, of course, playing tomorrow in that Open Cup. So maybe that's a good omen if you are a Dynamo fan. But yeah, we got a lot to talk about. I think what we're gonna try to dive into first. I think we're gonna talk uh, Seattle's crest right this is kind of the the sexy news of the day um we knew it was coming they said 926 last week i forget what time in the day they said it was going to be but it dropped afternoonish uh over here on the east coast and uh I'll, I'll share it uh you know it's been a very talk of the town uh type of thing so far 
Uh, now they did, of course, have their fans in on the rebrand. Re this was not a, and this is for the 50th anniversary of the team, which is next year. Um, this isn't just like a willy nilly like Columbus rebrand or Chicago rebrand or Houston rebrand when they're bad and they're just like we gotta fix something. This is uh something that took they took a lot of care in and kind of been working on this. I think the lead designer said 20 months he was working on this. It's two years. Uh and I don't even think the logo is like the best part of it. We're going to talk about some of the secondary logos and stuff and some of the merch they're releasing. Cause like this looks, this looks really great. So let me go ahead and share what it is. We'll kind of discuss this. Uh, it's also on the YouTube video uh, as well. Like on the, uh, the picture or thumbnail, I'd put the logo, but this is like their 3d version of it. This is what I think it's going to look like on the actual Jersey from what I've seen um, some mock-ups of the Jersey B and stuff. But so if you're not sure why they were looking to redo this is see how in that top left corner, the old Sounders logos right there on the website. But when it shrunk down like this, you cannot read it or really tell anything. That's why a lot of places are going to the minimalist approach here, where if you shrink this puppy down, you can kind of tell what this is still, and that's kind of the whole goal of it. But so we got that. Um, they had ten thousand people complete surveys. Sixty-four thousand survey questions were answered. Four hundred thousand words were written. Hundreds of hours of conversations and ten plus group working sessions. As we get to their name and colors, uh, so they are Seattle Sounders FC. And their colors are Eternal Blue and Forever Green. So they have Rave Green. They've kind of changed the green a little bit, but it's still considered Rave Green. Uh, Heritage Aqua, which is replacing the white pretty much on the Seattle Sounders logo. And Pacific Blue. So they still keep all of their colors. Uh, they still have the Space Needle in the picture. Uh, in the crest and they kind of got rid of the double crest you know on the old logo they had like this green crest and they had the weird blue crest and then they had the ribbon that was white with the uh the name of the club and uh this is their logo history right here so obviously this was the first time that they kind of went with this green and blue uh in 2009 and that lasted their whole time in MLS and that's why people were saying you have to be really careful right about this because it is one of the biggest brands in major league soccer um previous logos right have this 74 to 82 where it's just a seattle sounders and you have a wave you have a soccer ball with a wave for 83 has the first appearance of the space needle there and then 94 to 2002 they had the orca with the wave and then it kind of went back to the Space Needle in 09. Uh, rumors were that, like, I guess they didn't expect the Sounders name to stick. I think they were trying to, like, rebrand then. And uh, I don't know if they did a vote or something, but people are saying they were thinking it was going to be called, like, Alliance or Republic. Glad they stuck with the name Sounders. And then this one here, which is not actually going to have the name of the club. It's just going to have the Space Needle. 
and the year they were founded, 1974. Uh, I think that's a nice touch because there's rarely any soccer teams that are around in our country back to 74. So the fact that you can highlight, hey, we've been a club for so long here is is a pretty big pretty big deal. And the reason I'm showing this is because a lot of this stuff here is going to come back around with the new logo. All right, so here's your rave green, Pacific blue, and heritage aqua key line right here. But now they have these alternate logos as well that can really help shrink down and be pretty cool with just the white outline and then the reverse where you have a white inline and a and a blue or transparent background of the uh, Space Needle. Um, I think these look pretty good, and this will probably look great on... They show a picture later on on the Jimi Hendrix... No, the Bruce Lee kit, and kind of what it looks like on there, and it looks looks really cool. I'm, I'm hoping it's on the same page. All right, so this is their new word mark as well. This is what their new Seattle Sounders looks like. As you can see, if you're watching or if you're following along on your phone while you're listening, Logan, it looks a lot like the uh, the original logo, doesn't it? Yeah, kind of looks like uh, Finding Nemo too, a little bit Finding Nemo, Finding Dory. Um, it's got kind of, but I do, I do like, I like when they incorporate logos from the past. Um, I love when, like, for instance, like if you look at old crew logos i like their old logos better so if they ever go back to a, a logo that we all like um i think that looking at what the sounders did while i don't personally like the logo itself i like the ideas in behind them um i don't know i, I just felt it it's underwhelming but we can get into that um but yeah I, I i do like this i like the breakdown of it what it means you know and especially and we can get into that too i i love that they've shared the numbers uh in behind what in what went into this because i think that that speaks in and of itself that they actually did consider what the fans wanted you know i i think i was a, at first underwhelmed but i think the more i'm seeing it the more i like it i, I really like it with that, the yeah. with the white yeah like this i think this looks really great yeah. um their monogram is FSC for Sounders Football Club. All right. So this is one of their secondary logos here. It's the Orca making his return here. Um, when we asked our fans what best represented our club, the Orca received the second most responses behind only the Space Needle, which is pretty rad. Uh, this is something that when I visited Seattle in 2014, on my road trip, the club was only five years old at that point in MLS. I went into a McDonald's, Logan. And when I went into a McDonald's, they had all of this random Seattle Sounders old merch. I'll have to see if I can find the photos of it again and maybe share it on our uh, Instagram or stuff. But it had like the Orca, the old logo, some old kits, an old soccer ball that they had on display in this McDonald's in 2014 and that was really the first time i noticed that this was like their old logo and stuff you know i i i always like looking at old logos like this but i'm glad that the work is coming back i want them to somehow work this into a kit 
kind of like how sometimes you'll get uh, something on the very back of the collar, you know, uh, like underneath the collar on the back, right above the last name of the player. I think you could put a little stamp of the Orca on there. I think that would look really, really cool. Is there any, is there anything on there that, um, that it's going to like, like any of the proceeds or anything like that, like to kind of Hmm. like, there's nothing in there about ocean life. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Okay. I just didn't know if like, you know, some of the, and I think it'll come if they do a kit, honestly. Uh, yeah, probably. So, but I could see like the cool. It would be cool if they like anything with that logo. Ten percent of the proceeds go to, you know, Orca Life or whatever it might be. And this is one that I did not know about, but uh, and even some Seattle fans I think didn't know about this when I was checking on stuff online. But it says uh, since our NASL era, Sounders players have handed out carnations to fans and supporters at the final home match of the year. Our club has many cherished traditions, but the carnation stands in a class of its own as a symbol of the connection between our players and fans. So this is also stuff that you can find on merchandise now that they've released. And I think this would also look really good on like the, the back collar or on a bottom of a sleeve or something, you know, the carnation with the year like this, I think that would look really neat. And of course, 74 being their birth year. All right, so we're going to explore the retail because I, I think some of this stuff looks really great. And it's kind of what sold me more on the on the logo as we go. Like, I, I really like this hoodie with the logo on it. Um, this jacket. I saw uh, Smetch, uh, Brian Schmetzer wearing this on top of the Space Needle today. They were sharing stuff like that. Um, there's a shirt with the carnation on it. I think that looks really cool. This guy has a tattoo as well. It's a space needle. So he either is a Seattle fan or he's a fan of Frasier, um, which is notorious for having the space needle as well. Uh, vintage inspired player tee. I, I like this a lot too. Um, this is a Mitchell and Ness tee that pays uh, homage to the Sounders that came before us, which has the kind of like the newer retro logo. Um, you know, the word mark with Seattle Sounders and you have the crest and then some numbers on there. They have the Orca as a shirt. This looks pretty rad, by the way. I wish I could kind of pull off a crop <laughs> shirt like this. Um, I, 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 I almost want to buy you that just so you have to wear it. <laughs> wear it on the show, too. Uh, yeah, exactly. They have a we would need a full you standing like at a desk or something. I would pay to see you in that. They have a Water's Edge Navy crew neck, which looks really dope. Almost hockey-esque. I'm not a fan of this black shirt here. Um, That's so hard to see. Why do they I do don't that? Know. It Shiny. looks like it's like misprinted. It's in silicone. I have a shirt. So I have a shirt, Jordan, that's, I think I've worn it on the show. It's black, but it has a black, like a little bit lighter black logo on it. And it's so hard to see. And I don't get why they make shirts. This is the winner, by the way. This Seattle Sounders Sounders Orca shirt, by the way. I do like that's that. That's a winner. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, I have to I, find yeah. a way to get that shirt type of thing. Yeah. It it looks, I don't know why, but it looks hockey. It looks like the San Jose, they're going to hate this. Uh, it looks like San Jose Sharks. Yeah. I just love how like but, aggressive the Orca is. And he's ready to play. I mean, he's got the ball. He really is. He's ready. 
They call them killers. Yeah. They, they, Top of the food see, chain, this babe. is also where the logo looks really good on a scarf. This yeah. looks very that white logo. simple and intricate, like not mm-hmm. intricate, very easy to put on a scarf. Um, also, the Orca scarf is great, too. And, of course, they have the Orca dad hat and a wordmark dad hat as well through New Era. I mean, look at this merch. They're going to be swimming in money. I think they're going to be swimming in money with this stuff. It's cute. It's There's adorable. like barely any... Look, this is what I think... This reminds me, Logan, of a football or baseball team. Yeah. In the fact that like an identity like this where you can have multiple mm-hmm. logos. Like the Orioles have so many different bird logos that yeah. I can find, right? Like... And the fact that they're putting this stuff back out there again, I think is really good because like how many times are you just going to buy a shirt or so many different shirts with the same Sounders logo on it, right? But this time you can be like, I'm going to get one with the Orca. I'm going to get one with the Carnation. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get one with the New Shield. You know, like you have, I can get one with just the words on it. Like now that you can buy things four different ways, um, so I'm, I don't know. I, I think it makes me wish that like, like when I go to a union game and I look at the union stuff, it's just a union logo. That's it. Like that's, there's like nothing like this at the shop where I'd be like, Oh, that's a cool secondary thing that I need to, you know, like they don't really have that. Um, and part of that mm-hmm. comes with the history. Right. Um, yeah. But I, I think there's also probably, some ways that they could have uh, – some of these other teams could probably somehow make this make this work where they can have this type of stuff. I don't know. I think this might become a new thing uh, when we talk about secondary logos and tertiary logos being used more. Not a lot of clubs have this, I don't think. And the fact that they actually, yeah. like – had input from their fans and it wasn't like a disaster like mm-hmm. Columbus, right? Uh, from what I've seen online from Seattle fans, I went to their message boards, I went to their Reddit, stuff like that. Mostly positive. Um, there were some that were negative on it because they don't like minimalist stuff. And there's also some that were just like underwhelmed or like, okay. But I'll tell you what most people are praising, by the way, is all of these secondary and tertiary uh, logos. I really enjoy them. Like, I I think, like you said, though, um, I think you need a long enough history to like to go back on because obviously you don't want that logo they just switched from to be on any of the merchandise because that's that rebrand. But I mean, as time goes on, those almost in a way get archived, right? Like Disney does the same thing now. They pull from eras. Like you've got companies that pull from eras and you see it more in sports because that's a big thing. They're always wearing the retro jerseys. It's so cool when they, when they're able to, when they're able to kind of pull from it, like, you know, Kansas or sporting Kansas city, when they were the wizards, that is such a cool idea. And that logo is so fun that I think you pull from that. And while it is still nostalgic, it's old enough to where it's not like, it's really hurting the brand. Now it's adding back into the branding of it. And you've got, they're all trademarked. Like they're all trademarked by the team. So you're not losing any kind of trademark anyway. Uh, you're not losing it to a public domain. Like it, it's your logo. 
it still is trademarked under their entity. So it's not like, you know, somebody else could use it or, you know, it, it gets away from you. Or, and I do, I think Jordan is, as we get further into it, teams, all the teams will do this, right? It's only a matter of time. Uh, if you look back to through the history of sports, every single sports team, if the league is older than like 50 years old, have gone through some kind of rebrand um, or a secondary, third, fourth, you know, not a primary logo. You can have your primary, but I think having like a secondary, having the words, I, I think that those, you can do so many unique things that you can't, that you can get away with. Cause you could be like, you know, the Philadelphia union could shape their wording into a, a way that is cool and it's got a great graphic, but it's not getting away from their brand per se. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm all with you on that one. I think, gosh, like I'm not personally a fan of the green one. Now, now that white one that you show, mm -hmm. I like that one a lot. Like I really do like that one. I think it looks great on like a dark blue. It looks great on the black. Um, I think that that looks good. Um, I'm just not a fan of the, the green and behind the, the needle. But again, I, it, it's good that they got the fans' opinions because, Jordan, you and I have done this many, many times, right? Where we've unveiled a new logo. Look, we've, everybody we've been <laughs> only a show for three years, and I don't know right. how many rebrands we have them. already seen. Montreal twice, right? Yep. Yeah, Montreal twice. The Dynamo, and then the Dynamo even went into like a color change. So that's like three and a half. <laughs> they had crew. the Columbus crew. Chicago. Yeah. Um, Chicago. If there's anybody else. Chicago. Yep. Uh, I feel like we're missing one. Maybe we're not. Okay. No, uh, not. But why do I feel like we're missing one? It's it's pretty. I mean, the Quakes. Th no, 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 they they uh they've had this one for a bit now. Um, but still, that is that's a lot, man. Yeah. Again, we're talking about three years right uh this is yeah. this is what else i wanted to show by the way i i've been looking that whole time i was looking for this i just had to keep scrolling down more here it is on some of the other stuff right so like i think it looks good on the shirt the jersey and then when you see what it looks like on the bruce lee kit i like that like you couldn't do that with the old logo because they kind of just I think they just had their other logo on there or they still inverted it, but it looked more complex. Like, you know, when you can get rid of the thing is now they're a club, one of the few in MLS now that can have their crest without having the team name and people know what it is, right? Because of the space needle, right? Like, uh, there's not many that could get away with this. There, there's like maybe Philly, if they went with like a Liberty bell, there's uh, New York if they went with something like the Empire State Building, like we've seen other sports Statue teams do, Statue of Liberty. Like, what? I feel like two of those show up in WNBA teams. Um, so, yeah, Gotham uses them. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, NWSL has one of them too, I think. Um, so, look, they don't even have to put their name on it. Like, that's how legit <laughs> this is. And this is what. I think they were kind of going for is like, is there a way we can make it more easier to read on like an app or a website that we have to shrink this thing down? Can we do different color combinations with it now? And 
can it also stand out and still be recognizable as the Sounders? And that's what I was worried of when I first heard they were rebranding, right? Because we, like you said, we've been through this before. But it was like, okay, are they going to somehow mess us up to where they're not even recognizable? And I think they've kept it enough recognizable. They have the green, they have the blue, they have the Space Needle. And it's still the shame, same shape of the original crest, right? Like, mostly. Um, that top that top part of the crest is still the same shape as the green part of the crest on the older logo, the current logo. Also, I'm going to say I'm a big fan of this because it's not a circle. I mean, how many of these have we gotten that have just been, we made it a circle, that's it. Uh, they kept a, a unique shape. They're not like, you know, I, I'm trying to think of like, most of them have started becoming circles or a generic shape. This keeps the original Sounders-esque shape. And I think that helps make it like, for sure that you're looking at a Sounders, Sounders logo. They did change the green a bit. And I think that's probably what might be throwing you off too. And, and the fact that there is no like yeah. white, in between the blue for the mm-hmm. for the space needle i think that might be throwing some people off too um that's yeah that's what it is it's that it's just so they're so green um and it's different green like you said but it is so green where like not even a little accent of white like it's blue and green right, uh, right. i think that's what's and then they have the aqua it, but, now around it too yeah i love aqua aqua especially when you throw orange with it great colors <laughs> Wrong sport. But Jordan, like you said, the the most important thing that I think they hit here is while I don't like it, I think a lot of people will. Like I think at least 90% of people that uh, that are what I've seen like it, 95. Like it's really big number that likes this. And I'm glad the fans are represented because same my team. So I, like, while I, I can look at this objectively, I, I don't care. Like I care, but I don't, you know, I'm not the one having to wear the badge all the time. So again, I, I love that they did that. I love what you said. They didn't go with the circle. They stayed with that shield. It looks very traditional. It looks, this is the biggest brand. Sorry, LAFC. This is the biggest brand that still exists. Like when people think MLS, they still think the Sounders. Like that's still a thing. Like uh, 95, 90 to 95% of people, I think, if I, you said MLS right now would still think Sounders. Do I think that's changing? Possibly whatever Messi does in Miami, we could see that change. LAFC, like they're becoming a staple. But when I think MLS, that's the very first club I think of because they were so good for so long. And they're that model, right? They're that model that every team wants. Good fan base, great colors. They've had really good ownership at times um, where they've made really good decisions. They don't seem to have strayed from what their values are. You've got what, like six trophies since entering (laughs) MLS? Right. Less than 15 years, right? Right. Yeah. Brian Schmetzer, they've got, you know, they had Jordan Morris, they had Dempsey, um, you know, they've got guys that just ball. Um, And I think that's ultimately what made everybody just fall in love with them. They, They are, they felt like the heartbeat of MLS for so long. I'm glad that they did the service of, of really taking in their fans voice. So teams don't do that. Jordan, right? Big brands don't do that. They don't really give a yeah. crap. <laughs> look at, look at premier league. There's a reason why those big clubs don't give a flying rip about what the club and their fans think. Okay. So. Actually they've got eight, eight trophies. They have That's two MLS cups, a supporter shield, four open cups and uh, a, a champions cup. Champions League. 
that's not they've been that's not including Western Conference titles from regular season yeah. and playoffs. But yeah, and they've been disappointing last couple of years, and I think that's that's ultimately just the success that they've had, right? Like they're not a bad team right now. Uh, they're currently sitting third. But you're I not know. thinking I saw of them somebody, as the, you know what I mean? As I was pulling this up, Logan, on, on the Twitter, I saw somebody say, all right, now change the manager and the whole team. I'm like, what? No, no. Like, you're not going to find better than Brian Schmitzer. And I think that's the same thing they figured in SKC. Like, you're not going to find better than Peter Vermees. Not in this market. And the U.S. tried, right? If the U.S. men's national team can't recruit some of these talents, then there's no reason that they want to come to your club. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but I mean, that's, I mean, I think the top free agent right now that would and could sign somewhere is people are going to say Bruce Arena. Well, no, I don't think Bruce, I think they'll let him cool off and I, Bruce might be done. I would say Robin Frazier. That'd be number one on the list. And he's not like, you know, he's not somebody you offer the deck for. Like it. You know, you know what's know. interesting? I'm just noticing this, by the way. There is how many teams in the West have a circular logo? Do you know? Circular crest. I'm not even looking. Let me guess. Um, circular. Wow, not many. Uh, gosh, I feel like they're all in the East. I didn't re- like. I can think of a bunch of Eastern conferences. I didn't realize this, but there's one. Just Portland. Everyone else yeah. has like a normal crest yeah. or a different shape crest. While in the East, we have Philly, Atlanta, New England, mm-hmm. Montreal, NYCFC, Chicago, Charlotte, Miami. Eight yeah. of the 15 teams, that's more than half, have circular crests. So maybe I shouldn't have been worried about a circular crest then because it seems like uh, that's the not the norm <laughs> in the Western Conference. There's a very pointy in the West too. Yeah, I like, like it. The They're Rapids, all different. They have the Galaxy. Yeah, they got different. some weird looking ones. RSL Houston's got like seven, eight sides, right? Um, yeah, the Rapids have a pointy LA, one. I like the Rapids logo. Both LAs have shields. Uh, St. Louis mm-hmm. has the little arch shield. Like, I mean, they got a lot of good stuff. Yeah. I really like Dallas's logo. I don't know why, but I do. I've I like SKC's. Um, I think their crest is like the perfect shape. Yeah. Okay. Here's a fun game. Who's got the best logo in all of sports? Or, or, in all sorry, of sports. All, all right. Baltimore. In all of sports, sorry. yeah. <laughs> the cub with the little bear on it is pretty cute. Um, but, yeah, who's got the best? You can't pick your own team. Who's yeah, got the best pick logo? the Union. Um, no, you can't pick the Union. I don't think the Union is, is the best logo. anyway. I think... Uh, no, it's a good logo. I do like great. it. I like that they went with the snake and not like a Liberty Bell or something, but... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like Cincy's. It's a little too too boxy. Yeah, I've got mine. Okay, uh, go first then. I'm gonna keep thinking. Okay, I like Nashville's. I really do. I think it incorporates a nice touch of what the city is. It's got like the music sound bar, like the sound waves. I've always liked that yellow. I think it's unique in the way that it looks. It it, it doesn't really have. Like you don't really see, I think it's, what is that? Hexagonal, octagonal? Looks, yeah, octagonal. Um, It's got a nice shape to it. I love the yellow. I think it pops. Um, But yeah, no, I've always loved Nashville's. I don't know what it is about Nashville's logo, but I've always loved it. Oh boy. This is tough. 
I mean, I feel like a lot of, like every single one of the circle logos that you named, I don't like. So I don't know. Like I never would have, you know, picked them. I think it's going to come from the West. SKC is a really good one. I think, I think for me, it's somewhere between SKC, Portland, and, and the current Seattle one. I mean, I, I do really like that. It's one of the things that got me kind of into uh, MLS. I started watching more MLS around 2008, 2009, right when Seattle entered. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, we have a comment here saying I'm so irked at my Columbus C logo. That would have been <laughs> another circle, by the way, yeah. if they didn't change to the pennant flag that they have. That would have been nine out of 15 teams if they get with their circular crest. Uh, or if you want to go, that's the one a lot of people like too. If you want to go further back to the men at work, you know, construction worker one, that's yeah. not a circle. But I think if I'm looking at it, I think Portland's is really cool because it has the, it has the axe, right? Um, I think Seattle's is nice and unique. And I thought um, SKC's just looks really clean, I think. So, Think if I'm going my favorite MLS crest that's not the Union. Uh, I really like those three. Uh, I do not like Houston's at all right now. They could use another rebrand, honestly. <laughs> but right now they're playing well, so they won't. Let's wait yeah. for them to suck again. Yeah. Um, you know who's due for a new logo? Toronto. Definitely due for a new logo. And I, I like, like their logo. I like it. There's this very space. They'll, they'll be too circular they that, if, they, like, if they rebrand. I did want to shout out, I like DCs a lot too. Now, this is a rebranded DC where they made the eagle a little bigger than the actual crest, but I, I think the DC crest, you know, with how its history has been and, and stuff, is very, very good. Um, man, but yeah. I think St. Louis went too hard at their logo. Like I do like it, but yeah, it's a little it. too much. I think it's a little too Yeah, much. they thought too much about it. Like just need I'm not yours. a fan of the colors, honestly. Yeah. I can't help but think about Purina now every yeah, time I me think too. of them. I was going to say the Purina <laughs> colors. But yeah. it makes me, like, when I look at these, right, like, I, I can't discount the color. So what I mean by that, if I look at one and it doesn't speak to me, like, color-wise, I'm like, mm, it can't be my favorite. Um, mm. Like, I don't really like Colorado's. I don't really like their colors. I like their shape, but I don't really like the colors. I I like Minnesota's because it's not it's not like a traditional crest, and I like the loon. But it has too much gray for me to make it like a favorite, right? If it had more of the light blue with the black, I think it might be a little higher on my on my list. Um, and you know, green and blue are two are my favorite colors. That's why Seattle was always a draw for me, anyway. Mm-hmm. And then Portland having the green, and then I just really like the historical significance of the clubs as well. Um, yeah, LAFC I like too. I like the A, the way that the A is with like the wing and the angel. Yeah, I, yeah. I do like theirs a lot. When I look at the East, I do like Chicago's. That was a good rebrand good rebrand compared to what it was with the weird crown logo they had red bulls is just the red bulls i don't like that at all um i mean yeah it's tough it's tough uh looking at some of these i i can't you were right, i can't though. stand columbus's either so i agree yeah. with you 
DC's is DC's is good. I really do like their logo. Um, I say, I'd say out of the circular ones out of the Eastern Conference, I think my favorite one is probably I want to say Atlantis, just because I know the five oh, stripes the circular? are there. So it's yeah, they I do it. like Atlantis. They did. Circular one. Yeah. They were kind of the first start of the brand new wave of circular yeah. logos. I mean, like the Union, obviously, twenty ten. At that mm-hmm. point, I think they may have been one of the only circular logos. Because Portland came in 2011. Yeah. Columbus hadn't changed to the circle yet. Uh, New England had the crayon flag. Atlanta wasn't around. Montreal had a shield that said impact. There was no NYCFC. Chicago was not a circle then. It was the, like, firefighter logo. Charlotte wasn't around. Miami wasn't around. But I think the Wizards were the Wizards still, and at that point, they were a circle. So, yeah. So But the Union kind of kicked off the more modern circle crests, mm-hmm. and then there was a big gap before some of the other teams started doing it again. But Can we all agree the worst logo of them all is, is, is Montreal or Houston's? I like Montreal's <laughs> like, new one. I, I couldn't stand the Snowflake really, one. Really? The Snowflake? Oh, that's right. No, it's no, not the no. Now they have. Sorry. They went back FB to the third elite. That's right. FB Ref has it still oh, okay. as the logo. Yeah. No, the that's worst why I'm is looking at FB Refs. Columbus, right Cincy, Toronto, Houston, Colorado. Yeah. That's where I would go. Yeah. A lot of these could use a refresh. Yeah. A lot really, of I liked Cincy's old logo before they joined MLS. If you don't know what that is, everyone, look it up. Uh, maybe I can pull it up here real quick. But I love how this has been a, a 35-minute chat about logos and rebranding. <laughs> Although, I mean, we might as well get it out of the way. We're going to talk about one at least this, this coming summer, I think, because I think there will be a You think another one. one's going to do it? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You know what? I could honestly see like Inter Miami going this with is the another old FC type Cincy logo. One. Yeah, that one's solid. I, I like yeah, it better than this like weird Pentagon or whatever yeah. they got now. I'm not gonna lie to you though, that one looks like uh, the clip art. <laughs> yeah, well the, the top is supposed to be like a soccer ball and also a crown. See how oh, it's like okay. the I orange see. panels? Yeah. It's really hard to see until you point that and out. And then you have like, the regular I was crest. Not. I like yeah. I like that a lot. That's yeah. I thought good. they would enter. You could make it a little fancier. That, no. that would be funny. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, let us know if you're watching. Let us know your uh, favorite crests. Is it your team's crest? Or is it another team's crest that is your favorite? Um, and yeah, I guess we'll, you know, we'll be able to... You know why else it feels like we have a lot of rebrands? Because we've also covered a lot of expansion teams. So we've talked about the St. Louis crest, the Austin crest, the... Yeah. Uh, geez, I feel like we're probably missing another one there that I just Charlotte. Plus, with the, yeah. Plus, with our kit like uh, grading mm-hmm. thing that we did, that I thought was a lot of fun. We did. We did talk a lot about like what went into them because I know you described each of them and it described like you were describing like what pieces went into each of the kits. So I think that ultimately too feels like a lot. But another thing too, the reason why I was thinking about a rebrand, the culture rebrand that happened at RSL. That's what I was thinking about. Because that was a big thing when I first started covering the league was RSL was going through all of that with their ownership and it was an awful ownership and the GM was a, he was the GM that was a slug. It was just, 
it was brutal. That's why I keep thinking it because it was this huge. It was it was more wording. It wasn't their brand. It was more of their wording and how they talked about the brand. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and look at the standings uh, before we preview the Open Cup. We had some teams clinch this weekend, and we are up to six teams clinched in the East. We have Cincinnati with sixty-two points. They've they're they're clinched. They're they're about to clinch the supporter shield. Really, I mean. The second best team in the league right now is uh, St. Louis with 53 points. That's nine point difference. There's only four games left, right? So if they just win like one more, they're pretty much set. Almost like win one more, draw one more, right? Four more points, maybe. I couldn't find any clinching scenarios on some of this stuff. Orlando is in second with 51 points right now. They've clinched a playoff spot. Columbus have clinched a playoff spot. They're in third. Philly has clinched a playoff spot, who's in fourth. Uh, Philly has only played 29 games. Atlanta's played 31. They've clinched a playoff spot. They're back in the playoffs now. New England is six. They may not have a new manager yet, but they are clinched and in the playoffs. And right below them right now, teams battling it out, Nashville, Montreal, and NYCFC, who've climbed into the top nine now. And... uh, Nashville is probably able to clinch, I would say, in the coming week or so. Uh, Montreal and NYCFC, big gap from 7th to 8th here, 44 points to 37. Uh, So some of these teams are probably not going to clinch until decision day, even though we already have six and only three more spots. When you look at, we're probably going to come down to those final two spots, which are the wild card spots. As we have right below them with 36 points, DC, who's been fighting all season at that 9 and 10 spot, trying to get into a playoff spot. New York Red Bull, Chicago, Charlotte, Miami, and eliminated is Toronto, right? We can finally eliminate them. But we do have from 14th to 9th with only a five point gap with teams ranging from five to three games left, three to five games left. So a team like DC and NYCFC have already played 31. Teams like Montreal, Red Bulls, and Chicago have only played 30. Charlotte and Miami have only played 29. Miami lost some ground on what they, well, they kind of got helped out a little bit by Red Bull beating DC, right? But... Uh, Miami ended up drawing with Orlando, which is not worse than a loss, right? A loss would have really hurt them. But if they want to get in, and most of this is without Messi, right? He got subbed out due to injury uh, in the midweek match, right? And then he did not play on the weekend. They got to start trying to make that push if he's healthy. If, If Messi and some of those other players are not able to go, then I think they will fall short. It really comes down to if Messi... Alba and uh, you know Busquets, if they're all healthy and they're all contributing, I think they got a shot. But this is where we are on the East right now. And the most interesting spots, of course, are 8 to 14, which, again, is only a five-point difference. Yeah, uh, I totally agree with you. They need the three of them, um, even two. I, I, I do think that they could even – do this without Messi for the time being. Um, I think they're they're good enough with the other two um, to really compete. I think with Messi, they become pretty 
favor to uh to try to make a run of the play. But like you said, uh, with five games left, um, the room and margin for error um, is error uh, is uh, minimal at best. Like it just it feels like if they lose now, then it's over. Um, so I, I do feel that, uh, I know mathematically they could still get back into it. Um, but I, I really do. I, I feel like a, a loss, um, you know, not getting three points, um, could really just do them in. So yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And I think you're, you're seeing obviously Messi come over, uh, from time spent, obviously with his club where he was previously at PSG and then having to go into world cup and then having to train for, um, what I think many thought was going to be a return back to one of the European clubs ends up coming to MLS. The guy's not had a break really. Um, and at that age, like I really do find it hard for him to, to stay healthy. And it's the same thing with Busquets. It seems like it's soft tissue, which is never good in a sport where you're running around. So um, it, the magic, I think the messy magic will be there next year, but I think it's, uh, I think it's run out this year. Like, I don't think you're going to get a whole lot of magic out of <laughs> Logan just lost his camera there. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you, Logan. Uh, <laughs> I agree with you, Logan. Um, it might be a little bit too much of a, the, the team was so bad before they joined and, and left them too big of a hole. Yeah. Plus the injuries. But the messy magic can continue right now tomorrow with the open cup final that they will be playing in. Uh, he is supposed to be on the bench, but before we get to that, let's look at the Western conference, which as you, as you can see, if you're following along with us, there's only one clinched team in the Western conference compared to the six in the East. The East has been the much stronger league, right? Like, uh, Nashville has 47 points in the East, and that is near the bottom of the the playoff teams. The second best team in the uh, in the West is LAFC with only 45 points. That's how big of a difference we're talking about. This is usually, if you look back at the last few years, we're usually talking about the East this way, and the West is usually the team that is the league that has a lot more teams clinched or has you know uh more points i mean really no nashville is 44 sorry so lafc and seattle are just above one point of what the seventh best team in the east is that's how different this season is but st louis is the only team clinched right now with 53 points and logan actually the St. Louis City are able to uh, like break a record for expansion clubs later this season. They have already tied LAFC's most wins by an expansion club in the inaugural season of 16 wins. They have already tied that. They just need to win one more game in their last three to set an inaugural season record for an expansion team. Uh, something we never thought was going to happen with this club. What do you make of that? Yeah, I mean, uh, ultimately, right, uh, there's a, an excited fan base um, in behind the team. They start out with a great game against Austin. 
um, in St. Louis, probably the most electric crowd I've ever seen in MLS, uh, stood the whole time, never sat down. Um, and then Jordan, you and I talked to the guys from ball watching and we, we thought, you know, if this team's going to be successful, what is one thing that you think this team is going to be built around? And it, it really did center around that defense and right down the spine, right? They felt like they had a good midfield to kind of defend. Um, I think Lovin, uh, again, in the midfield, they thought he could be a really nice piece. I know Klaus, they thought was going to be really nice. Jordan, I think the biggest surprise has been uh, Um Not a lot of people, you know, Orlando, we'd written him off because he never found his way into Oscars club. But again, so much in soccer is about just finding that system that works for you, right? That player that works into the system. And I think it's worked out well. Ten goals, right? He's got one assist um, uh, in a forward position that they need goals. And when Klaus has been hurt this year, which he's been quite a bit, you know, Giacchini's been able to step up and and provide those goals when needed. Uh, Aiden Niren, I think is how you say it. Um, He's provided goals, seven goals. Um, They've gotten four goals from Tim Parker, uh, became a a goal-scoring threat um, as he's gone to St. Louis. But Jordan, everything about him, they've gotten a great, great team uh, underneath uh, what I think is probably one of the most successful franchises now, period. It doesn't matter if they're expansion clubs or not. Um, then you throw in Roman Berkey, uh, a guy that is an unbelievable goalkeeper. So, yeah, no, I, I've been really impressed with them, and, and I think they're only going to get better, which is scary, right, uh, especially for the West. So um, I think they had a couple more pieces as depth uh, this coming off season, and I think they make a pretty good run. I wouldn't want to play in St. Louis, and that's where all those teams are going to be playing because they're. I think they are on the doorstep getting ready to clinch home field. Advantage. I think they just need a couple points, and then that's, that's that, so. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's it's crazy how well they've been playing this year. I never really saw it coming. I don't think most people did, right? If, if we looked at most preseason predictions, St. Louis is probably near the bottom. Uh, but yeah, they've they've been really good, even away from home, right? Six wins, uh, seven losses, three draws at home. Ten wins, only three losses, and two draws. So they've they've been pretty good on uh, you know both home and away. LAFC has a worse home and away record, obviously, because they're they're lower down. They've got a game in hand, though, so they can push that to a five-point difference between LAFC and St. Louis. Uh, if they win their game in hand, they would be at uh, 48 points. Um, Seattle's in third with 45, and then Houston, who's been a surprise team. They're going to take on Miami in the Open Cup. Um, and, uh, that'll put them at, uh, uh, they're in fourth right now. They've had a really good season. We had, uh, Jose Nunez, uh, just said hard to imagine a fall from grace as bad as Austin's no way. St. Louis goes through that. Right. I would say most likely not because I think they're going to have more consistent sporting director coach relations. Uh, what I think most people kind of forget with Austin, and we we brought it up last week or so, was the loss of Claudio Reyna in the offseason, where I'm not really sure who they had running what, right? And then now they've brought in somebody near the end of the season. I don't I don't know how much he was able to kind of get started, right? Uh before the end of the transfer window. But I would also think that if this keeps it up for Austin, you 
probably next year at some point do have to say goodbye to Josh Wolf. And all of the Austin fans from their first season who were Wolf out will finally get their way. Um, yeah, I mean, fall from grace is a way to put it, right? They were second. <laughs> they were second in the West last year, I think. Brutal. They, they yeah. fell really hard. Uh, but uh, like I was saying with Houston, Houston so far in a really good spot. RSL's in fifth, Portland in sixth with 42 points. Remember, they fired their manager in the middle of the season recently as well. And now they're all the way up to sixth place. At one point, Portland was near the bottom of the West when they got rid of Savarese. They're all the way up to sixth. Uh, Vancouver in seventh, San Jose in eighth, Dallas in nine. And actually, all the way down to LA Galaxy are, just like we were talking about last week with LA Galaxy, they do have a chance. They're only five points back. They have five games to go. So they need to get some wins, no losses pretty much, to uh, get themselves in a playoff spot. Dallas hasn't been playing well. They've been awful on the road this season. Only three wins. Uh, And you have SKC, who at one point were the worst team in the league. They're all the way up to 10th, only one point behind Dallas. But they've played two more games than Dallas. So pretty fickle, uh, fickle thing. Yes, yes, Jose. Yeah, Rodolfo Borrell, the the city coach, is now at Austin as their GM. Um, that's always the question, right? When it comes to the intricacies of the league, that's why I kind of thought uh, St. Louis may struggle, right? Because they they hired somebody that was outside of the league system as well. But they were an expansion team, and they were able to kind of ramp up, and he was able to familiarize himself with all the rules. There's a lot of a lot of people that are not that way right that that he had to come in mid-season now and start trying to put together a roster we'll see if he understand if he understands it or not uh and then you have the only one team in the west as well who is eliminated and that's colorado so only two teams so far logan with a month to go have been eliminated that's toronto and colorado yeah, <laughs> I think they were eliminated a long time ago. It's just mathematically they weren't. Um, yeah, no, but all interesting points. I think uh, Rodolfo Burrell, um, having been a City fan, uh, I can tell you pretty much with fact that people don't really know who Pep's assistants are until they go on to their next job and then find out quickly. He knows football. Um, I think, you know, with the talent that is on a City roster, with working with some of the academy players, he had uh, a hand in that. Um, and a lot of those times, those assistants are, are doing a lot of the scout. You know, it, it's it's just, I, I think, you know, as he starts to work his way into MLS and starts to begin to understand what Austin needs, first of all, fixing that defense that was just so pampered with injuries. Um, and we talked about that, injuries, players leaving. I mean, that Austin defense, I think that first or second week, had three or three of the four in the back four. I think they had lost um, that. So again, I, I think ultimately Austin um, rebound, but not quickly enough um, just because I think they're in a, a different kind of situation in the direction that they want to head in. Um, and then again, I, I think culturally it couldn't have been great. I mean, we've seen what Claudio Reyna did. I, I don't know. Like, there's got to be some players maybe that are feeling like, you know, Claudia's gone. So, you know, that we had built a, a nice system here. That new step 
uh, or that new coach is going to step in, right? Um, and I, I think that's ultimately going to be um, something that obviously is uh, it's a job with a lot of pressure, but I think it's going to be a, also a job that they're going to have to search to, to replace Josh Wolf if they do end up getting rid of him. So, again, I, I don't know as far as what Austin holds. I don't see St. Louis falling down that much. Um, like Jordan mm-hmm. said, I think the consistency is there. Um, and a lot of times I will say for some reason, and maybe it's, maybe it's a benefit to some of these, these mid-level, um, clubs, as far as the market's concerned, teams that don't spend a whole lot tend to not fall apart as quickly, just because it seems like when a, when a big ship is sinking, it sinks faster. Um, and I feel like that's the way that kind of Austin LA galaxy, like you're looking at those big clubs, those are the ones that just go boom. Uh, when they do fall, the revs or sorry, not the Revs. Well, maybe the revs, a little bit of the the red bulls, the red bulls, NYCFC, Mm -hmm. the big ships spending a lot of players on, you know, spending a lot of money on players. Sorry. Yeah. I never thought NYCFC would fall as fast as they did. No, Uh, they all are. (laughs) Jose just made a joke about Juan Manuel Lilo to Charlotte. That's another Manchester city assistant. Um, (laughs) That would be, That'd be funny because that I you know what Pep's Charlotte in the MLS. I think he's going to coach the crew. <laughs> yeah, Charlotte's I'm, I'm Charlotte's joking. a team that is. Uh, I, I could kind of see him doing something like that because they're a team that had a kind of a fall from grace. They were in the playoff hunt last year. They they still kind of are right, but they're not. I mean, they're not really. Uh, I, I guess if we say Miami is, but Charlotte is, but Miami is more of a peace of mind with the, with the you know Messi Alba Busquets stuff than you know, looking at Charlotte's roster, but you know, Charlotte had a pretty strong finish to the season last year and they haven't really done anything since. Uh, yeah. So that's the West as it is right now. So I, I don't know if anybody else can clinch. Maybe LAFC could, if they win, cause there would be three games left for them. And if a team like SKC loses, I'd put them 10 points behind with three games to go. Uh, actually, SKC would only have two games to go. Yeah, I, I think LAFC might be able to clinch. I just haven't been able to find any. You know how usually like I've been able to find like the clinching scenarios. I haven't seen that. I don't know if it's too early in the week or something, but they, they haven't put it up. Uh, yeah, Charlotte is the team that shoots themselves in the foot every time to have an opportunity. Yeah, they only have they've only been around two years, and uh, I I kind of forget about Charlotte as a whole, unfortunately for Charlotte fans. They've just been so irrelevant, right? Like they they don't they don't really do much, uh, unfortunately. Um, I am reminded them daily though, because I still have the we are fucked <laughs> magnets on my fridge. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, once they lost Christian Fuchs, they kind of they kind of become a little bit more irrelevant too. They don't have any big stars. They don't. They're not. They're not playing well, typically. Oh boy. Okay. Uh, well, there you go. the The East is uh, the East is coming along here. Let's take a look at what we have coming up this week. Tomorrow we have the Open Cup. Final that is on CBS Sports Network and Telemundo. Uh, you can also stream it on Paramount Plus, or if you want to stream it in Spanish, you can stream it on Peacock. 
And that is tomorrow, Wednesday, September 27th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. It is going to be at Drive Pink Stadium in Fort Lauderdale. Um, you know, it's not all about Messi. Uh, it's not all about Messi, right? Because they, they got this far without him. They They only played one Open Cup match with Messi. Uh, so there you go, right? That that's uh, can Houston kind of survive if Messi steps on the field? From what we've hear, heard, uh, Messi is and Alba kind of questionable because they were both uh, injury substitutes in the w- game on Wednesday, and that maybe Messi would not be able to start, but might be able to play on the bench. Uh, but anyway, I, I think they can still get this done without them, really. This is a one-off game. They Capania has been playing well, right? They locked him up. They have they have other options if they want to win a uh win a uh a, a trophy again. Um but I'll ask you, Logan, do you see them doing it or do you see Houston, who's been pretty darn good? I've been rallying the group around Houston this year. I've been kind of on their side the whole season long uh, with Ben Olsen, and he's revitalized the team. Who do you got? This Remember, it's at Miami. We don't know the question about the big stars, but it's only so much we can <laughs> speculate, I guess. But uh, if you had to pick one right now going into tomorrow, who do you got? I mean, based off of the information that we have, um, that we know about Messi, um, his, I guess, game against Orlando, and then the Tata discussion um, after the game, it doesn't sound like Messi's really close to playing. Um, and I know there's been things that said, you know, Messi could go through training. He's fine. He's walking around the, the facilities like he's there at practice but it's like it doesn't feel good because they're not going to want to burn him out and Busquets all in one year just for what could be a playoff run I I think they if they had more points Jordan if they were closer he'd be playing but I do I just get this weird feeling that it's just it's been decided that they weren't going to push it if they get into the playoffs then fine if they need him for the last two games, then fine. But I think soft tissue, man, you don't you don't mess with that stuff because that can turn into to lingering issues, can turn into a bigger problem um, where you know you might be favoring something and land on a knee wrong, um, maybe lose an ankle or an Achilles. So it, again, I, I think there's a lot of moving pieces. Jordan, I, I love that you um, have been on the Houston hype train just because I remember asking you what this was like, and I remember in our preview that I said. That, that I just don't feel like it's enough Ben Olsen who, um, and you were like, no, Ben Olsen, yes. Um, so uh, I, I do feel like I got schooled in that sense. Um, I do feel like you had a really good handle on it. And you said, and I remember this, and even in offline conversations, you were like, if Ben Olsen does what Ben Olsen does, this team could be middle of the pack Western Conference and compete in the playoffs. And here they sit uh, in a playoff race, playing in the U.S. Open Cup in a, uh, in a deep run. And I think they might do it, Jordan. I think they might pull it off. I think they might bounce uh, Miami out. So, yeah, no, I'm feeling great about Houston's chances. I think they're figuring out. Uh, I mean, Bosse uh, is is playing well. So, 
yeah, I'm excited. I hope Houston does to, to rattle one out. Um, just because I want I want a good storyline. Um, I'm always rooting for the better story, and that's where the better story is right now. Who can go against Miami? Ben Olsen can. I'm going with the Houston Dynamo as well. I'm I'm gonna predict this here. So naturally, Miami. Uh, Miami is going will to win. win. Yeah. yeah, that's how we do it on this show. But, <laughs> but look, it feels like fate. They they just won this thing five years ago on this day. They play a final tomorrow. They're the notorious underdogs, even though they're higher in the table. People look at them as the underdogs because you've kind of shifted this whole concept of. MLS since Messi's come in, but we don't even know if Busquets is playing. They said they haven't even said if he's going to play. I think Miami does have enough to get it done, but Houston's just been like my team this year where I've kind of been like, Hey, look, they're doing okay. I'm surprised by them. Even though I was kind of like, like you said, if, if Ben Olsen did what he does, if it's a good Ben Olsen year, I said, they'll be really good right because we have this so next year they might not because that's kind of how it was at dc they'd be like really good under ben olsen and then the next year they'd suck and then the next year they'd be good and then the next year suck and guess what ben olsen when they were a bad team by the way in 2013 i think it was they still won the open cup as dc united so he has familiarity with this competition uh i think i i don't know i think it's like signs are pointing to houston and if not, we'll open up the show next week and say, Houston, you had a problem. And it was uh, Miami. But uh, I'm feeling pretty confident about, about that. And again, that game is at 8.30 on CBS Sports Network or Telemundo or Peacock and Paramount Plus. On Apple TV, and it's free, Philadelphia host FC Dallas at Subaru Park at 9.30. Colorado hosts Vancouver. That's also free. And at 11 o'clock on MLS Season Plus, it's the Campionis Cup, LAFC versus Tigres. This is where the winner of Liga Mekis and the winner of MLS face off in a one-off kind of Super Cup-esque game. And that is uh, taking place at BMO Stadium tomorrow at 11 o'clock. So even, even throughout this season, LAFC might be able to get a trophy. Then on Saturday, we have the Columbus Crew hosting the Philadelphia Union at 7.30. We have Miami and NYCFC, New England and hosting Charlotte, Red Bulls hosting Chicago. That game's free, you know, just if you want a bottom of the East matchup. Then you have Orlando hosting Montreal, Toronto hosting Cincinnati. That one's free. Uh, Houston hosting Dallas. Minnesota hosting San Jose, that one's free. That's a playoff-esque matchup, actually. Both those teams are kind of near that line. Nashville and Seattle at 8.30. St. Louis SKC in another like Midwest battle. I don't know if they have a name for it yet. Uh, that is 8.30. That is free. Colorado hosting Austin, that is free. LA Galaxy hosting the Portland Timbers. That one's free, and Vancouver and D.C. United at... Oh, that one's not free, sorry. L.A., Portland, you have to pay for. Vancouver and D.C. at 1030. Uh, St. Louis SKC, that's free, like I said. Not only is it a matchup for the Midwest, it is also 
a really good opportunity for St. Louis at home to clinch the 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 record and get in their 17th win. Uh, that's probably their easiest game left. And then you have uh, LAFC on Sunday versus RSL. That's 8 o'clock. It's free. It's also on FS1. And then you also have the playoffs for MLS Next Pro. Tacoma Defiance and Houston Dynamo 2 at 10 o'clock on MLS Season Pass. And then we uh, next week we'll preview. We have a whole slate of games on the 4th, which is a Wednesday. We have a whole slate of games on the 7th. When's the last day? I have to double check this here. The last day, because then we have a... 21st, isn't it? I think you're right. I'm just verifying if we know. Uh, It might be the... Yep, 21st. Yep, that's decision day. And we go into the playoffs. And if the playoffs started today... Right now. Oh, you know what? Do I still have that up or did I accidentally close out of it? I had a whole chart that was like, if the playoffs started today. Oh, here we are. Okay. Remember, we have the best of three games, right? We have that whole round as the best of three. And right now, uh, that would be, well, first you have the wild card, which right now would be San Jose and Dallas. The winner of that would go face St. Louis City in a best of three matchup. On the East, you would have Montreal and NYCFC. Whoever wins that goes up against Cincinnati as it currently stands in a best of three. Orlando would have Nashville in a best of three, while the crew would have uh, New England. And then Philadelphia would battle it out against Atlanta United in the best of three over in the East. Over in the West, you would have, like I said, St. Louis versus the wildcard winner. You'd have LAFC versus Whitecaps. Sounders and Portland, as it currently stands, we'd have a, we would have a nice, um, you know, uh, Pacific matchup there with the Cascadia. And... If Vancouver happens to beat L.A. in this made-up scenario, the winner of Sounders in Portland would go and face each other for another Cascadia matchup. That would be pretty cool. Uh, we also have Houston and RSL in the in the uh, best of three. From what I've heard, too, is best of three will go right to penalties after a draw. Um, no extra time. I, I actually quite like, if, if nothing else changes, this is pretty some good matchups here. Yeah, no, really good ones. Wild times in MLS playoffs, baby. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for it to start because... Uh... We're kind of at that part of the season where it was getting a little like, like, can we hurry up to the playoffs? And now they're about to approach less than a month. And we're going to be covering playoffs here on the show and being able to talk about, hey, the best of three, too. We're going to have tons of fun with that, maybe. 
it'll give us more games <laughs> at least all right well that about wraps us up thank you all for watching and listening along we will catch you all next week where we'll break down the winner of the open cups that means we'll be talking some houston dynamo we're gonna be uh previewing more clinch scenarios hopefully and uh, looking at a whole bunch more fun stuff that's coming down the pipe here as we get closer and closer i mean the next time we have an episode logan we will be uh two and a half weeks out from the end of the season will be in the month of October. By the time we do another episode, it's happening all very quickly, but I am so thankful that it is coming so fast. That's what she said. All right, let's wrap it up.